Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano, live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. Seated right beside us, wearing two Super Bowl rings, former Oregon quarterback Dennis Dixon has slipped in here. You won a Super Bowl ring with the Ravens uh, against the 49ers. Correct. That was the game where the lights went out at halftime. (laughs) Yes. And you won another one when uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were playing the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. In uh, Orlando. That game was in Orlando. Yes. That's right. In Tampa. Sorry, Tampa, Tampa. Okay, okay. So help us out. Uh, first, let's talk about the lights going out at the Super Bowl. Oh, man. The what do you one, remember? Well, everybody was excited to see Beyonce play at yeah. halftime. I think the players included. I think we were, like, all in the hallway just trying to see if we can see Beyonce from afar. <laughs> um, but to – to take it back to there, you know, halftime usually during a Super Bowl is really 15 to 20 minutes going back there and kind of, you know, readjust and, and organize for the third quarter. But what was supposed to be 20 minutes turned to 45 to an hour. Like, to kind of really get warmed up and get ready to go again, it was kind of, it was kind of, um, I say, tedious. But at the same time, it gave them a lot more of, um time to get their their things together because we were rolling the first and second quarter of the first half for sure. Those what, game, those games are always weird. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, like what do you what yeah. do you do to stay loose in that situation because I mean you guys, you know, you're, you're working out like you're, you're you're stretching out all game long and then it's got that break. Like what do you guys do in the in the off time right there for that 45 minutes because that's so unusual. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. I think um you would look to the head coach as far as hardball, but our head coach at that time was Ray Lewis. That was his last year. Mm, yeah. So everybody looked up to him. Um, he always gives a lot of good inspirational speaking um, before the game, after the game, during the game too. I think the one uh, at halftime was a little extended, which was great, um, getting everybody together, getting everybody ready to go for the third quarter. So we looked at our leader and, and Ray Lewis getting us ready for third. What was Ray Lewis like in practice? Oh, man, he got you excited to use the bathroom. i tell you that. Like, man, like, he was a lot of energy. Um, you could tell, like, he he prepares day in and day out. He's the first one there, first one, a uh, last one to leave. He has that mentality alongside with the quarterbacks as well, too. But yeah, essentially, he is the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball, right? So he's always there. He's always representing to the utmost, even in the locker room, from the weight room, everything. So... Very, very, very a professional. Dennis, I uh, covered you in college at Oregon, yeah. and uh, everybody remembers, you know, I, I think as I go back, I remember even some struggles for you early yeah. at Oregon. Yeah. Chip Kelly shows up. What did, what happened in the offseason with you and Chip Kelly that made you the quarterback you became in college? Um, I think what Chip Kelly brings to the table, he, 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 um, he pissed his – his, his players in the best situation possible using their talents and I'm always I always want to throw first and I use my God given talent and running as well um, but the, the the spread offense was something new to us at, at one point right um, I was in in high school I was always under center um, I did the wing T at times too but uh, it was something that I was used to as far as being uh, in shotgun and obviously running the run and shoot too. But uh, I think he gave us a lot of bad situations in practice 
So when the game came, it became easy for us to kind of really to adapt and adjust whatever the team was uh, bringing to our table. What was it like at that time? Because at that time, like, that's when Oregon was really popping and becoming, like, the it school around the nation. Like, what, what did it feel like as you guys as a team in the locker room seeing, you know, you guys are the talk of college football. Yeah. Like, how, how was that? Uh, we bought into what Chip Kelly was selling early on. Um, he was always – you know, rambling like we got to move fast, fast in and out of the huddle. We didn't know exactly what that meant until we went to fall camp, and we did so much conditioning it was crazy um, to get us ready to go from 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 sideline to sideline. It was it was intense, but I think uh, everybody sold in right away, and people were committed to what he was really selling. Like I like I mentioned on both sides of the ball, and it definitely showed. Your senior year, that senior season, you guys had it rolling. You got hurt. Yeah. When did you hurt your ACL? <laughs> and when did you know it, it, this really isn't going to work? Yeah, so uh, it was actually that Arizona State game, uh, college game day was there. Um, it, it was tough. I partially tore it. Um, but I, I wanted to get so many opinions as to what I should do. I, I've been I've been told that a lot of people play on partially torn torn ACLs, uh, but the the statue that I play I I run the run and gun right. So that was kind of really limiting my 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 abilities right. But I uh, partially toured in Arizona State. Then we had a bye week, so I had two weeks to kind of really get that second opinion that I was looking for and. Initially, it was my decision to go and just lay it all on the line for my teammates. Um, at that time, we were it was a Thursday night game. Yeah. Um, we were number two. Um, I was definitely high on the Heisman list on, on everybody's board. So I said, let me go ahead and leave it all on the field for my, for my, for my brothers. Um, if I, I would do it all over again if I had yeah. to, to be honest. So, yeah. How, how limited were you, though? Because it felt like if you just could run straight ahead, you were fine. All the way. As you yeah. see, I had a touchdown, uh, yeah. a 60-yard scamper right yeah. at the sideline. Um, anything linear was perfect. If I had to do anything lateral, good night, and which which you did the third series. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought about you because we were watching Bo Nix this year. Ooh, yeah. Late in the year, he, couldn't, he couldn't yeah. move. Yeah. And it was evident, like, they were just snapping him the ball, and he was throwing it. And I was like, that kind of reminds me of how they tried to get it's by. Tough. It's really tough. With you. It's really tough. to. I mean, that mobility is huge, especially if that's a big piece of your game. Um, but I think he handled it well um, with Coach Landing and team as well, too. But it's unfortunate that I couldn't finish the season. But uh, I was three weeks shy. Three weeks shy. If you stay healthy, I don't. I think you guys are playing for the championship. We are. We're playing against Florida. I mean, that would have been a great game to watch, to be honest. Um, but we had so many injuries. Everybody was going down week by week. And I think they would, the, the, the icing on the cake was mine. Um, the whole team just derailed after that, but I'm happy that we finished on a good note for the for the seniors that time um, in the Sun Bowl. Uh, look, you go to the NFL. What don't the rest of us know about the business of football when you get to the NFL? And you know, you're in training camps. You're trying to find. You know, it starts over for you really as a pro. Yeah, I think uh, when you're low on the totem pole, when you don't really, when they don't really have a lot of money invested in you as a player, you don't really get a lot of opportunities. Um, and a lot of people think that you get a lot of opportunities as much as possible. Practice is very limited. It's scripted. Um, a lot of the plays go to the first team for the most part. Um, and if you're scampered in there due to injury or whatever it is, that's when you get your opportunity to kind of really show who you are. So initially that's the part and when you low on the totem pole and you're not highly invested as a player um, in their organization it's kind of hard to get reps. Brock Purdy with the Niners goes from third string Ooh. last guy drafted Man. to starting 13 or 14 games. I, I was pretty impressed with that but 
Give us an idea, because you've been, you know, a, a guy who's been in camp waiting your turn. Yeah. When they turn to you and go, okay, it's your time, you're on, like, what does that feel like? Uh, as a professional, you, you, it came, it's the next man up mentality, right? So you can't, you can't drop off at any, at any time. So I think as practice comes along, you got to be well ready because you're a play away from actually playing. And I think Purdy, I mean, he, when this opportunity came, he definitely took full advantage of it. And he doesn't really have to do too much, to be honest. He has a, a crazy defense, right? And obviously he has so much talent around him. Just managed the game, which he did. He did very, very well. You talk about the situation that Brock Purdy's in with San Francisco. Like, you were kind of in that situation with Pittsburgh, too, right? Yeah. The great defense and that organization. Just what is it about that organization that keeps winning? We were talking about this off the air real quick. Like, how they won 10 games this year? It, I don't know. I don't know how they did it. But like, what, what is in that organization that they do that keeps putting out winners year after year? Man, it's tough. It's it, with the blue-collar blue collar players that just want to just play and play to win, to be honest. Savvy veterans, to be honest, too. The Pittsburgh Steelers, when I was there, um, obviously had a lot, a lot of savvy veterans on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger being the franchise quarterback. We had, we had Charlie Batch as the backup with me. And then my second, my third year there, that's when Iron Leopards came. So they bring so many savvy, savvy veterans on both sides of the ball so you won't miss, miss a beat. But when your name is called, you better be well prepared for sure. All right. We're going to let uh, – Dennis, will you take some questions from both people in the house here and listeners as well? If you've got a question for Dennis Dixon, 503-417-7575 is a number. He's uh, here with two Super Bowl rings on, and he's here to answer your questions. Oregon Ducks – football related i want to find out what he's doing now i want to know what it was like to play for mike tomlin among other things if you got a question for dennis dixon you can line up now at 503-417-7575 we're broadcasting today from spirit mountain we're at the bet mgm sportsbook stop by if you're close more with dennis dixon coming up leave it here Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. You remember Dennis Dixon from his time at the University of Oregon, or maybe you remember him in the NFL with the Steelers and the Ravens. He is with us here at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. Uh, he is wearing his Super Bowl rings. He's got two of them. We were talking during the commercial break about uh, name, image, likeness. I want your phone calls, 503-417-7575. Dennis will answer your questions if you have them. Uh, uh, Dennis, uh, we were talking during the break about Reggie Bush mm. and name, image, likeness. Mm. In your era, you would have uh, made six figures, seven figures <laughs> to play college football. Yeah, that senior year would have been amazing. <laughs> it would have been amazing. I wouldn't, I, I'm curious as to how much I would have generated for sure, but uh, I'm happy for the players now on um, really capitalizing on their name and everything for sure. Do you think it will cause problems because, you know, maybe a guy like Michael Penix or Bo Nix is going to get seven figures and some offensive lineman doesn't get anything, or do you guys understand? I think it's going to create a lot of uh, chaos, to be honest. It's just not just a, just a sport itself. It's just sports as a collective unit, both male, male and female, right? So you may have somebody that's a, a Hall of Famer in golf, but she doesn't get as much credit as a, as a quarterback for the football team, right? Because they generate so much money, but at the same time, she's at the same caliber of a college quarterback, you know? So it definitely will will create a little 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 buzz for sure. Do you think it, do you think it's good 
for the game of college football or college basketball that it's almost turned into a free agency type thing because we've seen guys like Caleb Williams leave Oklahoma after having a successful year, go to USC because that's where the money is. Do you think that's good for college sports? I don't. To be honest, it's, it's like yes or, and no at the end of the day. I can see the, 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 the good, and obviously I can see the bad in that as well. Uh, but as, as individuals, as players, I think it can somewhat be a distraction because you're so money-hungry. But at the same time, it's all about winning and obviously getting a degree for sure uh, and moving forward. So I, get, I think you got to have your priorities in order, but it depends on who the player is. Who would have made the most money in your era in college football? Like I say, I think Reggie Bush probably would have made a lot of money because he was very exciting, electrifying to see. I wanted to see him, to be honest. Um, and obviously playing out in my conference with USC. I would say probably Reggie Bush probably. It made me, it made me sad to see USC and UCLA leaving. I know, right? Yeah. I know. That's, that's tough. That's, that's going to be tough. When does that start, 24? 24. 24? Yeah, yeah, one more season. Yeah, yeah. One it's more tough. season. Dennis tough. Dixon is with us. Uh, he's going to answer your questions. If you want to line up at 503-417-7575, or if you have a question in your in-house, let us know. You can walk on up, and uh, Stephen will handle the microphone. But Michael is in. Uh, Michael is here. Michael is in Oregon, and Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, you're on. You got a question for Dennis Dixon? Go ahead. Is Michael there? How you doing, Michael? Michael not there. Peter, I don't hear Michael. Uh, no, don't hear him either. Uh, go ahead, uh, Stephen. You're up, man. Uh, just do you think that um, also with the NIL deals, the the thing that I worry about because you know I love college sports. Uh, I mentioned I'm a big college basketball guy. Do you think it's going to turn into a spot where you know everybody's looking to be at the big time schools, and it hurts those mid major schools that we've seen have good runs in the NCAA tournament, or even in college football, right? You've seen like you know UCF have really good seasons. Is it going to hurt those smaller schools because everyone's going to be out trying to get as much money as possible? You think? Um, I don't think so, but it depends on the coach too. The coach can can, can definitely turn things around too. I have a lot of coaches that are that are going to small schools and making a big big impact. But obviously, the big schools are going to make a lot of noise, regardless if it's a coach or the player, whatever. But I think it, it starts with the coach first, um, and you got to be able to buy into what they're selling. So as you see, a lot of people are going to Colorado. I mean, uh, to, yeah. to 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 the to the Buffs because of why. Yeah, because of prime, right? So, not to say that that's a small school. That's a huge school as well, too. But it depends on who the coach is, and that's what players are going to. Would you want to play for a guy like Coach Prime? Is that, is that I, a guy that fits you? I, to be honest, he's on the other side of the ball. To be honest, he has that that mindset. If I had a, a quarterback mindset, yes, I would definitely go to the Buffalo to, to the Buffs for sure on that. I'm interested in that because when you play for a coach who is offensive-minded as a head yeah. coach. Yeah. How different is that than maybe a defensive-minded head coach? I love that, personally. And I think that's where Caleb Williams kind of capitalized in Lincoln Riley, for sure, because he's that offensive mind mindset. Um, and I, I had to say, in, in my time at the University of Oregon, that's exactly what Chip Kelly was all about, too. Uh, mindset was more so on the offensive side, uh, up, up and down, just going fast as we possibly can to gas the the, 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 the defensive players, you know, um, to have them fatigued out for sure. Uh, Mike Tomlin, what was he like to play, play Ooh, for? He yeah. was, a, he was a, a player's coach. He took care of his players. Like I said, it was a savvy team. Like, everybody knew exactly what they had to do as far as pre preparation, so it wasn't a lot of, like, teaching. Um, so he took care of his players. So on Tuesdays, there's no pads and all of that. But the mindset of everybody on that team knew come Friday, we better be ready to go. 
Judah's stepped in here. Judah's got a question for Dennis right. Dixon. By the way, if you're listening, 503-417-7575, you want to ask Dennis Dixon a question, or if you're in the room, you can just come on up, and Stephen will uh, cue you up if you would like to ask Dennis a question on air. Go ahead, Judah. Dennis, you know Chip Kelly. Yeah. You know life in the NFL. Yeah. Why didn't Chip make it in the NFL? Oh man, that's that's tough. When you when you take that that scheme as as far as that run and shoot and RPO um, to to the next level, um, a lot of players are just as fast as the quarterback. <laughs> so it doesn't really accumulate. Then not unless you got someone like like number eight with Baltimore. Now you can make it happen, right? Yeah. So it's all about timing and opportunity. And obviously he didn't have all the weapons that he kind of really needs to really make that offense really go. Um, but if he was with Philadelphia right now, oh, yeah, he would definitely make it happen. Let me ask you on that because, you know, when he got there, there was a bunch of questions like would pro guys do what the college guys do? Like, you know, He's controlling what you sleep, how you eat, talking to would the do you think pro guys didn't buy into that stuff with Chip or did he have a harder time because they didn't trust him or I think he probably had a harder time because players probably didn't really buy into what he was really selling. I, I'm always going to end up saying that. And yeah. I would say maybe a good example in the NFL that really made sense early on was Arizona with Kyler Murray. Obviously with 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 Cliff being there. Uh, Kingsbury being there, it made sense that first year, and they made a splash, right? Um, so I, I can see it working. It all depends on who your quarterback talent is and obviously the players that are around them. Let's go to a phone call. Uh, David is in Vancouver. He's got a question for Dennis Dixon. David, you're on with Dennis Dixon. Go ahead. David. Yeah, I want to hear uh, a little baseball talk. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was brief, but let's hear it. That's all I got. Oh, baseball? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I appreciate you talking about that. To be honest, a lot of people may not know, but baseball is absolute, is my first love, um, to be honest. I played a lot of baseball in, in high school. I got drafted twice. I got drafted in high school to the Cincinnati Reds in the 30th round. But I decided to go and play football um, and get my degree because my mom wanted me to get my degree in college. So, um, But the thing about baseball, you can get uh, drafted your, uh, a second time your junior year, which I did. I ended up getting drafted by the Atlanta Braves in the fifth round, and I ended up going to play that summer um, to play a little rookie ball um, and a double-A um, ball before I had to go back to my senior year. But um, was I was ready to stay, to be honest, David, but uh, someone by the name of Chip Kelly came all the way to Orlando, Florida, to kind of convince me to come back for my senior year. Oh, so wait had, a minute. He yeah. came out there? Yes. Did he know you were thinking about staying? Yes. And he yes. said, Dennis, you got to come back. Mike Bellotti at the time was our head coach, and he knew that I was not coming back because baseball was definitely my first love. Absolutely. Do you regret not staying with baseball? or? Uh, no, no, because the thing about the Atlanta Braves, um, they gave me – they gave me an opportunity to go back, to come back from, from my senior year and obviously graduate and, and come back where I left off. A lot of organizations don't do that from a baseball standpoint. So I was like, man, that's a golden ticket. So why not and see what, see what comes out of it. And, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't regret anything to move forward. All right, we got a, a question in the room here. Steven, I'll throw to you. Go ahead. Yeah, we got a question from Bob right here. So here's Bob. 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 Hi, Dennis. Um, my question to you is, what do you think that the NIL is going to do to college football long term? Oh, man, I think it's 
When it comes to the NIL, like I said earlier, I think it depends on just the actual school itself and making sure that everybody's equally like distributed, if, if, if you will. It just can't be on solely one player. Uh, I think if they decide to go down that way, it would definitely hurt the, the college football in general. I think you got to make that evenly distributed in order for it to really work long term. Yeah, and I think, too, you gotta you got to think about like some of the collectives – are just trying to retain players like Oregon State and Washington State. They just want to keep their guys. They don't yeah. want USC and Ohio State to take their best players. Yeah. And other schools are out, you know, it's like free agency, you know, all over again. Charlie's in Canby. Charlie, you're on with Dennis Dixon. Go ahead. Charlie. Hey, Dennis, man, you're one of the all-time greats. Uh, my question for you is when Chip came in and you had to learn that whole new read option offense, how big was the learning curve? And also, how sophisticated is it? Because I've always been told it's actually really simple once you understand his concepts. And because I actually played small college football just right down the road from where you guys are at right now, but I was ahead of your time, and I would be looking like the Barman Bailey Circus if I was playing against you guys after I watched what you did in Michigan uh, on national TV. That was uh, pretty incredible. It was a sleight of hand and, you know, Pretty wonderful to hear. A lot of right fun now. to watch that game. Yeah, um, to be oh, honest, man, like the, the, yeah, the learning curve to is learning learning the, the the RPL game and everything. It wasn't really really hard to be honest. So you're correct on that. I think um, um, Chip made it very easy from an officer standpoint. And maybe maybe one play or one gesture from the sideline, and it gives us the entire play. Um, so we had maybe our first 15, and then obviously he has his, his go-tos and favorites as long as well, with me as well. Um, and it just gelled. I think we had so many different plays, but it's the same. It's, we had so many different formations, but it's the exact same play. And he was definitely a guru with that. For Give sure. me an idea because we saw it, it that went to the NFL yeah. where it would be one word and everybody knew the formation, the play, whatnot. Like what was – that like at Oregon. Can you remember back like what a play call would come in from the sideline, what it would be? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be like, um, it's, it was something like, uh, one word can be Rita or Lisa or whatever it is, obviously right or yeah. left. We always had our words and left words to kind of signal where we're going. So anything from whatever you can think of, Lakers, you can talk Raiders, you can say whatever you Ringo, want. So, Ringo, yeah, yeah, Ringo, Ringo. Yeah, yeah. And you're going right. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then obviously we can be able to adjust it and go some like, like Peyton Manning and go Omaha and go opposite wherever mm -hmm. we're playing. So it always goes back and forth. But to answer your question, it was a lot easier than what people thought it would be. Yeah, and we saw the signs on the sideline. Yeah. Did the signs mean anything or was the signs just there to tell us? Like to just confuse people? It, well, like it's always the squares, right? So it's like... Like it was maybe like on that square board, like one out of the, one out of the four was was on, um, yeah. and a lot of other ones was a lot of dummies. Mm -hmm. So it, it depends on who you are as a, as a, as an organization. Yeah. But for us, definitely, it was definitely one of those one of those images yeah. on one of those boards okay. was definitely a green so line. So I'm in the press box at one game. I look down. He's got my face on one of the boards. Yeah. <laughs> he had my column on the board, and everybody was giving me a hard time. And I was like, yeah. I guess I'm on the playbook this week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what that can be. It can be your last name with Kazano yeah. as far yeah. as being, you know, right up the middle as far yeah. as screen. I don't yeah. know what it is. But it, whatever it was, it's a significant to what your image is. Yeah. We went with it. Let's go to Charlie, who's in Canby. Dennis Dixon is with us here at Spirit Mountain at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. Charlie, you're on with Dennis Dixon. Go ahead. Charlie. 
Oh, you just had me. Oh, sorry. Going to the next caller. My bad. Let's go to James and Eugene, listening on Fox Sports. Eugene. James, what do you got? Hey, Dennis. Hey, you were a great at Oregon and uh, enjoy watching you play. uh, The last caller referred to Michigan. I had a chance to actually go to the big house and see that in person. And uh, I just wanted to find out how that kind of rated on your college experience. Um, And uh, it it was amazing to see you guys give it to to the blue out there. Um, And it was just a great memory and uh, enjoyed having you uh, at, at Oregon. Yeah, James, I, I'll be honest, that's probably like one of the best games um, to kind of really put Oregon and myself on the map for sure. Um, they had they gave us no chance going in there. Obviously, they losing previous to Appalachian State, and we ran pretty much a similar offense. So, uh, But we ran a little bit faster, and I, I think I will say we have more talent on the outside, on the perimeter. Um, and I just had to exploit that. But I'll tell you one thing, 110 fans, that first series, yeah. it was pandemonium. I can barely hear myself, right? Um, but once we start going, it became a home game, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. And we were rolling. I remember after the game, they had Michigan had some recruits there. And after the game, the, the Michigan recruits were all going, I want to go to Oregon. Uh, <laughs> I want to go to really? Oregon. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it wow. was on the field after the game. But uh, get, talk about that atmosphere, maybe. The atmosphere at Michigan, the atmosphere in NFL stadiums, Autzen stadiums. Is, it, is there a different feel in a college game versus an NFL game when you're a player? Uh, when you're a player, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 obviously the 12th man I would see in Seattle was pandemonium. I would say it's Austin Stadium, they're right on you, and they're just as loud. And I just say the bigger the stadium, obviously the more and more now uh, the noise it is. And obviously playing in the big house and just having the array of yellow all over the place. And obviously we're yellow as well too, so it kind of really made sense for us too. But it's extremely loud, and obviously the the – the, the fans can make a difference in the game for sure. Steven, you got one? Yeah, Mark, uh, Mark an employee here wanted to know a question. He wanted to know, like, what was your experiences against the Beavers and how many wins do you have against them? Do you have a favorite memory from those type of some Beavers, orders? yes. I remember, like, my favorite memory against the, the Beavers was uh, when we changed uniforms in the middle of the game. Uh, or before the game, uh-huh. um, pre-game, um, and it was the Fog Bowl. I think that was called the Fog Bowl at the time. Uh, we went, we had our original jerseys, and then we came back out for the actual game and came in something totally different, shocked the world, and I think that's when our whole jersey carousel kind of really started. 2009, you threw a touchdown pass with the Steelers. Yeah. What is that like? What was that like for you to throw it? You, you did it in college, yeah. but you get that shot in the NFL – it's nothing like it. I, I, yeah. I would say that's that's a dream come true to obviously play in the NFL and actually get an opportunity and actually score. It's 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 so surreal to be honest. And to kind of really get two Super Bowl rings off of that as well too, John. It's been it's I couldn't write it up any more than what yeah. I could be because honest. you get a lot of guys who will get to that level and it you know it doesn't go well or they yeah. never get an opportunity yeah. and. And I think your teammates probably all knew what you had been through to get even to that point. True. You True. know, and, and you, you throw a touchdown pass in an NFL game, and no one takes that away ever. They can never take yeah. that away from me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All so, right, so you're yeah. wearing the two Super Bowl rings today. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Does one mean more to you than another? 
I would have to say probably the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the only reason why I would say that too is because the Rooney family gave me an opportunity to live out my dream for sure, to get drafted. Um, didn't think that I, I would ever get drafted, let alone get drafted in both sports, both baseball and football, in the fifth round, which is wild. Uh, five plus five, which is number 10, which is my favorite number. Yeah. So that it just works <laughs> out. But I would say uh, favorite ring is definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers because of that alone. All right. You don't wear them around like no. on, a, on a Wednesday no. at the gym. You're not wearing no. your suit. <laughs> no, no, no. This special occasions. This is probably I can count on, on my hand how many times I wore these rings, to be honest. I like it. All right, Dennis, we're going to talk about what you're doing now coming up. I yeah. want to know what you're up to. I know you're doing some training out yeah. with Nike at, yeah. in Beaverton. Yeah. Dennis Dixon is with us. Uh, we're at the bet. MGM Sportsbook here at Spirit Mountain Casino. Stay tuned. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. Dennis Dixon is with us. If you got a question for Dennis Dixon, or you're a Duck fan, Beaver fan, doesn't matter. You want to ask Dennis Dixon a question? He's fielding questions right now at 503-417-7575. We talked all about Chip Kelly. We've talked about the ACL, uh, the Super Bowl rings, and uh, your experience in the NFL. I want to know what you're doing now. Are you working with Nike? Are you doing some private training yourself? What, what are you up to? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I am. Uh, I'm actually doing training. I'm a performance elite coach. Um for the Jordan brand, I'm doing a lot of contracting work, so I'm, I'm outside, not inside the brand. But I, at one point, I was inside the brand, but I'm outside the brand now. Um, but I still have a lot of good relationships with them, and they call me for events uh, out there in L.A. Um, I'm responsible for six high school basketball teams out there. They're off-season training. Um, alongside with my own brand and Dixon Fit Performance, I'm, I'm locally, obviously, in the Portland area, in the Beaverton area, and I take, I cater to the everyday person as well, as elite athletes too, from high school to college and on. All right, what are you seeing, like, in, in everyday people, at, you know, who... Or they just want to get in shape. They want to. Are they are they training for something? Like when they call you, what's their goal? Um, people are getting in shape, and they're 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 actually want to be how I say an athlete in their in their own right. And mm -hmm. I get a lot of runners, to be honest, too, getting yeah. ready for the hood to coast or whatever yeah. it is. Or yeah, for the most part, they got a lot of shows. People kind of really getting that physique going on as well, too. So I get a little bit of everything. A, little, a lot of pickleball players? <laughs> seeing, seeing That's pickleball? actually getting popular. That's actually getting popular, to be honest. Have you yeah. played? I played once or twice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of I think you'd be tough. You'd be tough in that game. I actually like that more than tennis, to be honest. It's yeah. really good, but I like that. I love yeah. it. What yeah. are So you work when you work with, like, a high-level high school kid. Yeah. Think back to where you were at that age. Are our kids now? Do they have a better understanding of what it takes, or, or are they? Do you look back and go, "Gosh, these kids are just the same as I was at their age"? Um, I would say people more more developed than others. I would say it depends on what region you are too. I think California brings brings a lot of talent to the to the area, uh, but a lot of a lot of people really don't get a low not a lot of notoriety in Oregon. It's a lot of talent out here as well too. So to answer your question, you do get a lot of good high profile athletes that kind of really get it and get it early on and all. Yeah, and I've seen some kids like Jackson Shellstead at Westland High. He's Ooh, a phenomenal yeah, athlete. See? Uh, and many of them. I'm sure you're working with some of those kids. So if people, if listeners 
would like to uh, get training with you, how do they find you? Uh, yes, uh, www.dixonfit.com. You can find me there, or you can find a lot of my content on social media, on Instagram. Uh, it's at D-R-O-O-P-10. Uh, um, you can find me there, um, as long as TikTok, too. Um, it's at work, 510. So I utilize those two uh, media outlets to kind of really highlight what I'm doing. And I, I want to ask you, like you the trainer, could you have worked with Dennis Dixon, the high school athlete at that time? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, the knucklehead that I was. But I, I know once I get on the court, I, I am so competitive and I just want to win. So I always had that mindset and I still have it to this day. It's interesting that you're, you know, you're still in that Nike world, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, all these years later, you entered it from San Leandro yeah. High School. You go to University of Oregon, go off to the NFL, Jordan Brand, all of that. Uh, you know, what was Phil Knight like? in your time to have him around how much face time did you get with him you know i, I say early on he's very hands-on with the with the with the organization for sure with the program um he really always wants to know what's going on what's the place everything um it's been told that he definitely has the headset in his in his box yeah so he hears everything so he's listening um, to coaches he's listening to the coaches and everything so he's fully dialed in for sure and what you need and it's, it, it definitely resonates with obviously everybody that's around there including the players what do you think it would mean to get a national championship for chip kelly we got about 30 seconds oh uh, it would be uh, for chip kelly I mean, for, for Phil oh, Knight. For Phil Knight, yeah, I'm yeah. going to say for Phil yeah. Knight, it would be awesome. I, I hope that happens, and I think we do have the talent moving forward, you know, with Coach Landing and obviously Bo coming back. I like our chances. All right, Dennis Dixon, thank you. Yes. You're going to hang out a, a little bit if yeah, people yeah. want to get pictures with Absolutely. Dennis. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Spirit Mountain, Bet MGM Sportsbook. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you.